0: This program is brought to you by personallifemedia.com. I'm Terry Struck, your weekly host for Beauty Now. Tune in to Personal Life Media to hear my latest on lipo, lasers, lash extensions, hair extensions, and more. Today, we're going to explore vaginal rejuvenation.
1: Every woman really sometimes needs something different. It depends on what the diagnosis is. When a woman walks in my office and says, listen, I'm loose, I'm not one to look at her and say, oh, no, you're crazy. I have to believe it. Isn't it true that a woman should enjoy the most rousing sexual experiences she can feel. Why shouldn't she maintain as much as this as possible throughout her life?
0: We're so lucky to be talking to Dr. Meekmose, a specialist in laser vaginal rejuvenation and a board-certified gynecologist. Welcome, Dr. Meekmose.
1: Thank you, Terry. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today.
0: We are so excited that you're going to be educating our listeners on vaginal tightening, laser vaginal rejuvenation. You're going to have to define all these things for us because I know there are so many women that are embarrassed to go to a doctor and ask them, and more importantly, to find a specialist. I think so many women don't know who to go to.
1: Right. Well, I think what's important, first of all, is to define a term like you said, and that is vaginal rejuvenation. Think about what the word rejuvenation means. It means to renew or to make new again. So basically, making the vagina new again. We're taking it back to its original state. When we talk about vaginal rejuvenation, we break it into two subsections. One is the inside of the vagina, vaginal rejuvenation, or tightening of the vagina. And the second subset is vaginal rejuvenation on the outside of the vagina, the cosmetic vaginal surgery to enhance the appearance or to decrease the size of certain structures because they are irritating or complicating once. Normal quality of life every day. So one section is on the inside of the vagina, the other section is on the outside of the vagina.
0: So when your patients come to you, are they, you know, looking at themselves in the mirror and they're saying, "Wow, I don't, I don't like what I see." So that's how they find you.
1: A lot of times, there's two reasons. Once again, sometimes it's for the inside, sometimes it's for the outside, and sometimes it's for both. Patients will come in and say, "Listen, I have a problem, Dr. Mickles. I am not experiencing sex the way it used to be. And when I asked them to identify the problem, they said, well, my husband is still young and healthy. He's not 80 years old. His penis is the same size. But ever since I started having children, I've noticed that I am not experiencing the intimacy and the sexual arousal that I once experienced before, it takes me longer to achieve orgasms because I'm not feeling friction. And they notoriously say the same thing all the time. I'm too loose. I feel floppy. I feel big down there. So common sense would dictate that something has happened to the inside of the vagina and the vaginal tautness and tightness, so they are not getting the same amount of friction that they once received. That's the one type of patient. The other patient is saying, listen, yeah, I don't like the way the outside of my vagina looks. My labia are too long or it may not be looks. In fact, we've recently done a study uh, with 165 patients that said that 65% of the patients, it wasn't strictly cosmetic. It was the fact that their labia were so enlarged that it caused irritation, pain, discomfort, wearing clothing, cycling, certain activities, physical activities, working out or eating during intercourse, causing pain and discomfort. So we get a lot of different reasons why women are coming to us, but it's all basically focusing on the inside and the outside of the vagina and restoring it to what it once was in a youthful way.
0: So for women, that Kegels, and Kegels for our listeners that don't understand Kegels, maybe you can explain it a little bit better. Sure. But that's, that's not working for them.
1: Right. Um, and we see this. I've, listen, I'm a, actually a internationally known surgeon where I do surgery only on vaginas ever since I finished my training. 1995, I finished my my first fellowship and that was in urological gynecology. And we were taught to teach everybody and have all of our patients do Kegel exercises for urinary leakage problems, for tightening the vagina, whatever it may be, and for fixing relaxation. Kegel exercises has never been proven to tighten the vagina or to fix the broken aspects of the vagina. Now, if your vagina is completely intact, Kegels are a good thing because they keep things taut, and they, the reason is the problem is here is that everybody thinks the vagina itself is the muscle. They're wrong. The vagina is attached to the pelvic core muscles, and when the vagina breaks away from those muscles, you can't tighten it anymore, and that becomes part of the problem. There's a big misconception about Kegel exercises. Kegel that is exercises really interesting. I didn't
0: know that myself.
1: Yeah, Kegel exercises are probably best performed before you need them because they strengthen your pelvic floor, so hopefully you won't get these problems. But
0: childbirth, oftentimes, is that how it detaches?
1: Yes. I would say approximately 95% of patients have the majority of their problems are due to having vaginal births. Now, I have had on occasion patients that I must tell you that my biases and prejudices from training said, there's no way you can have vaginal relaxation. There's no way you can have these problems. and when I do an exam, they have forms of relaxation in their vagina known as vaginal prolapse. Prolapse means relaxation. And I've been shocked because I wasn't taught that way. I always thought you had to have childbirth to have trauma or relaxation of the vagina.
0: And so what are the other causes that can cause the prolapse?
1: Well, we believe, uh, based, just based on doing retrospective studies and looking at patients and saying, Okay, you've had multiple children. So multiple children may be one reason. It could be a single child. or So those. that's the number one reason. Number two is really forceful and strong physical activity, especially patients that are using their pelvic floors a lot, weightlifters, powerlifters. Uh, there are documented cases of paratroopers when they pull the ripcord. And your body's going going towards the ground at 9.8 m- meters per second square, and all of a sudden you pull a ripcord and you stop that force that they actually felt their vaginas rip away from the pelvic floor and their sidewall. So physical activity actually oh increases
0: Well, thank God I'm not a paratrooper.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And even just, well, the process of aging. We all know. Right. Look at our chins. I mean, the older I get, my chin's sagging. <laughs> you know, your butt sags a little bit. You know, you get older. You don't have the tone you used to as a younger individual. It's just part of life.
0: But you still feel sexual and you still feel like you want to keep your body looking great and perfect and feel great from the inside
1: absolutely isn't it true that a woman should enjoy the most arousing sexual experience that she can feel why shouldn't she maintain as much as this as possible throughout her life and the neat thing about our generations i'm 46 years old i had to think about that for a moment <laughs> but i'm 46 years old and i look at my aunts and uncles when they were 46 i can remember we're aging at a different pace because we're attempting to keep our bodies in shape full, watching what we eat, healthy, well-balanced diets. I work out 6 days a week. I see women doing the same thing and it's so I really believe that our generation is 10 years younger in appearance than what we I used do to too. be. I do I really too. I do and believe I think
0: that. that's what beauty now is all about. It yeah. really is. is about, you know, being young from the inside out as
1: well. And our our society is more open to our sexuality, especially female sexuality. Women, you should be enjoying sex with fullness. Look at sex in the city. The shows brought our world to a new pinnacle of understanding what a woman's sexuality That's is
0: about. So true, it's not like a bad thing or you're not a bad person if you like sex or Exactly.
1: And it shouldn't be. So why shouldn't a woman enjoy as much as she can? And when a woman walks in my office and says, Listen, I'm loose, I'm not one to look at her and say, Oh no, you're crazy. I have to believe it. It must be something that's going on. And routinely when I do an exam, what I see is that this woman does have vaginal relaxation. And she's not, she goes, Doctor, so I'm not crazy. I said, ma'am, no way. You're absolutely correct. You have relaxation. And this is what I've been trained to diagnose as a urogynecologist.
0: So how, do we take us through an exam? Let's say I come in there and I'll just say I feel loose. And so then how do you gauge that?
1: A lot of it has to do with looking at the anterior vaginal wall, the ceiling of the vagina, and see if there is any sagging effect. And people don't quite understand. Well, they say, well, i, mean, I draw the pictures and I show how the ceiling and the floor can sort of push together. So it's like having a sagging canvas awning over your back porch with water. You know, how it sort of fills it up and it sags.
0: Good analogy. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not hot anymore like it used to be. And if you can imagine the floor doing the same thing. now. People look and they see this picture. If you do, draw a picture and you see these two sagging areas pushing towards each other, they say to me, well, I should feel more because the walls are closer together. And I say, but that's the problem. That's a misconception. What you're experiencing is the penis is going to hit that area and just push those floppy areas back and forth. It's just floppy. Just like a roll of fat would be floppy. Floppy
0: doesn't sound good. No. No, exactly.
1: And you're not going to feel the friction. And I routinely say, I should take a guitar. If the guitar string is loose, you don't get any music. But if we make it taut and tighten it up, now you get music. Well, the vagina is the same way. You want to hear music again.
0: So is, is it a laser that you use or you? how do you do this?
1: You know, and this is one of the problems that we are having out there is that there are a lot of doctors wanting to tighten the vagina, but they don't really understand. It's not the opening of the vagina to begin with. The opening of the vagina is not your point of emphasis as as a surgeon because it's certainly not a woman's point of emphasis. I mean, if all we did was tighten the opening of the vagina for a woman, how much pleasure does she get out of that? Most women get pleasure from the feeling of either clitoral stimulation or G spot stimulation. And women have told me that don't, some women don't have any orgasms, but they enjoy the feeling of intimacy of the penis being inside their body because they feel the pressure and the sensuality behind it. What they want to do is feel that sensuality and that pressure throughout the length of their vagina as much as possible. So we want to work all the way as deep as we can in the vagina, all the way towards the opening and tighten the opening too. Sometimes we use a laser. Sometimes what a laser really does, it's not some magic instrument that just sort of brushes against the skin like on like an IPL laser on the face, in the vagina, you need to reconstruct the floors and you need to make them tauter and tighter. So the laser can be used, where and the laser essentially cuts for us, but you can use an electric current, you can use an electric knife, you can use a scalpel. There's a lot of different ways of doing it. I must admit, sometimes a laser is really a catchy phrase.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: And every woman really sometimes needs something different. It depends on what the diagnosis is. You know, one woman come in and she had a beautifully supported ceiling of her vagina, but her floor is very floppy. Well, then you only need to fix the floor of the vagina and maybe the opening. Some women, their whole uterus is falling down. And I've seen this about 50% of the time. What they really need is complete reconstruction of the vagina, but emphasis on the tightening aspect. And that's really where the art of the surgeon is involved. I always tell my patients, listen, can you get on the street and probably find somebody who might want to tighten your vagina? Sure. But you know what? I can hand you a canvas and tell you to paint the Mona Lisa, and I'll paint the Mona Lisa, too. We're painting the Mona Lisa. It may not look like it, but we're doing it.
0: Exactly. I really think this is such an important thing to educate our listeners about going to a specialist.
1: Going to a specialist that knows what they're doing, who's been well-trained, and who has a reputation of being a good surgeon. Listen, there's no surgeon out there that can say that they have 100% perfect cure rate or uh, 100% satisfied patients. You can, but that's where you have to judge and gauge. I mean, there are some patients, no matter what you do, vaginal rejuvenation is not going to work. And what's interesting is there's actually a study out there. Now, if you read, if you actually go to a lot of medical heretics right now, and if you go to people that want to be interviewed for this, they'll say, this has never been proven. Oh, contraire. There is a paper already out there, and it's done by Jack Pardot. And Jack Pardo's is a friend of mine. He's from Santiago, Chile. And he's actually been up to watch me do surgery on four different occasions. Jack, in fact, we are... we operated in his operating room in Santiago, Chile twice to show him some of our style and technique. But he wrote this important paper, and what this paper said was that patients that got vaginal rejuvenation, 85% of the patients were extremely happy when they got the surgery done. They felt an enhancement of their sexual life. They said, this is fantastic. You know, they couldn't imagine that things could get any better than this.
0: Well, I wanna continue talking about this subject, and I do have several friends that have had the surgery and are loving it. We need to take a break to thank our sponsors right now and we'll sure. be right back.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Listen to Living Green Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. We're back now talking with Dr. Miklos. We were just talking about laser vaginal rejuvenation, and we're talking about the different specialists that are qualified to do this. Can you explain more about that?
1: Yes. Well, primarily, I'm an OBGYN by trade. I spent four years in my residency, and I'm board-certified in gynecology. I haven't done any obstetrics because immediately after doing four years of training, I spent two years in urogynecology and vaginal reconstructive surgery. After that, I spent two more years learning how to do all minimally invasive reconstructive vaginal surgery, and that's sort of my claim to fame. Now, who's the right person to do the surgery? Is it a gynecologist, a urogynecologist, a plastic surgeon? Well, all three have entered the field of vaginal rejuvenation. And this is where it's really important for our patients out there and for the women out here listening to these podcasts to sit there and say, listen, I need to take the time and research my surgeon.
0: And As I tell patients over and over again,
1: location should not mean that much to you when you get the surgery done. This is the most important investment of your life is your body. And when you're investing in it, you need to do the education research. I know some plastic surgeons do rejuvenation. They do fantastic work. But most plastic surgeons are not trained in vaginal reconstructive surgery. They don't do it routinely, and they don't do the inside of the vagina nor the outside of the vagina. Well, Because,
0: because it's not some, what they're trained
1: for. They're trained. trained for but they and face work. Because I do not want to take away right. from... Those few plastic surgeons out there who are trained, I think it's the responsibility of the patient
0: right. and the do physician. Your research.
1: The patient do the research and the physician be honest and truthful with that patient. Gynecologists are probably the number one group of people that are doing these surgeries. And the subspecialists of urogynecology have actually spent two to three years more in reconstructive vaginal surgery. And all they do is reconstructive vaginal surgery. So these Doctors are really the essence of the group that are really going to understand and do the surgeries the best because they understand vaginal relaxation. They've actually spent three more years in training on average. But there are some gynecologists who do some fantastic work in laser vaginal rejuvenation. One of them is right in Beverly Hills, and his name is David Matlock, He's a good friend of mine. But once again, you have got to do your research. You have got to know how many surgeries they do a year, what type of reputation they have, what the patients have been like before and after photos, especially for the true plastic surgery on the outside to show cosmesis and cosmetic surgery. And I think it's once again, you need to choose a surgeon who does a lot of volume with a good reputation.
0: You I agree. Possible to for do a every procedure that we talk about, that that really is true. What type of anesthesia do you use? Well, do you have to go to sleep or.
1: You know, it can be done under epidural, under spinal, just like having a baby. Or can, Primarily, we like to use Gen anesthesia. On the inside of the vagina, we can do it under IV sedation and some local injection. Now, there are some doctors on the outside of the vagina reducing the labia, the enlarged or elongated inner lips, and they'll say, well, I do these in the office under local anesthesia. Don't get me wrong. They can be done that way. <laughs> Here's the problem
0: ouch no <laughs>
1: well, yeah, it can be it can be slightly uncomfortable, but a good yeah, you still get pinched in an injection and it burns when you get injected with the lidocaine or novocaine, whatever you want to call it, but the point is is that think about this if what I do is I inject your nose full of lidocaine and it swells up when, with the injection. How do I know how perfectly I'm contouring it
0: that if is, it's That's all swollen? a good point, it's a really good
1: point. And a lot of doctors sell themselves. Well, we could do it right in the office, and you could leave immediately afterwards. You know what? I can do it too, and I can do it in 15 minutes. But you know what? What you're getting is a hack job usually.
0: Exactly. No, that's really a good point.
1: You want to be able to see what you're working with and know what you're ending up with, because even then it swells a bit afterwards. But by injecting it, it doubles the size. But it. it's, it's, you're not going to get a really picture perfect contour job.
0: So in general, how much downtime is there?
1: If we're talking about the outside of the vagina for cosmetic, true cosmetic, no sex for six weeks, but I have 14 to 15-year-olds getting this done because primarily cheerleading and gymnastics and it rubs and it irritates. And the next day, they look at their moms and they say, you know what, I'm a little sore, but that's about the worst of it. 72 hours, most of the pain has gone away. I, On occasion, do have a patient four or five weeks out and they're still saying, we know I'm tender down there, but that's the rarity truly is. I'd say less than 5% of patients. Sexually active within six weeks is not a problem. That's what we normally tell patients. We could probably get away at three and four weeks, but we prefer to allow that area to heal.
0: Of course I have to ask, does this mean no masturbation as well? No stimulation no, at all no. or just no sexual intercourse?
1: Listen, we can't deprive women of everything in life here.
0: Phew.
1: So at, uh, roughly, we feel at two weeks, once, as long as that area around the clitoris has not been served. We perform surgery around the clitoral area. They can go ahead and masturbate at, at a week to two weeks, not a problem. Good
0: news for all the women. So, so it's not that painful, you don't think?
1: 95% of the patients, no. But every once in a while, when you do the inside of the vagina, some women get muscle spasms, those Kegel muscles down there, the Kegel exercises, those muscles will go into spasms. and Some patients have a lot of discomfort, but on the average,
0: Okay, let's talk cost now. How much does this cost?
1: Well, this is one of the things that, depending on what you're getting done, I have women that walk in. They say, "Okay, let's get the labor reduction. They're too, they're protruding too far. They're bothering me. What's it going to cost?" And if what is done is where you you go to the operating room and I'm doing the surgery, you pay the anesthesiologist, the ambulatory surgical center. You're looking at about fifty-five hundred dollars to get the labor reduced, but really.
0: And women can use financing companies. Do, do you have any of those yourself?
1: Do yes. Have access use, to
0: those, or do people just generally
1: come no, in and write have, you a check?
0: We they do have financing
1: companies that work with uh, the patients, and you can either finance it, put it on a credit card. Very, very, very few insurance companies will cover any of this.
0: Right, because it's cosmetic, right? Yes, yeah. That's the same for plastic surgery mostly. So can you explain a little bit more about some of the other procedures that you do besides the tightening and Sure. And the reduction. I mean, what else do women come in for?
1: Well, we have patients that not only will they get their labia minora reduced, more and more women are now discussing the fact that when they wear their bathing suits, they feel puffy in that area and they feel like they have, quote unquote, camel toes. I <laughs> guess. Because the outer lips are too puffy and baggy. And what's happened is a lot of times is that after having giving childbirth and it gained. 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 pounds, and then they lose that weight again, their labia majora, the outside labia with the hair on it, uh, the hair-bearing area, is very stretched now. And when you look at it, you may not think it's stretched until you literally grab the labia majora with your fingers and pinch them and pull them out. They'll come out sometimes an inch and a half, two inches, three inches out. And you, so they want those reduced and a lot of times we have to reduce them, and then they're still wrinkly because you've lost all that fat in there. And then we plump them up, and we do fat augmentation. We do a fat transfer. So, is
0: that, so that's how you do You do it
1: with fat. That's amazing. You have to, plump it to, to augment them and plump them up. But the problem is if you didn't reduce these patients first, you'd, you'd plump them up, and they'd be three inches long, which doesn't make any sense. See, the skin is stretched. Sometimes we have to remove the excess hood around the clitoris because they have too much material on each side of the clitoris it doesn't look right to just do a labor reduction without removing this excess prepute. Some women want their clitoral hood reduced because there's so much skin they can't get through their clitoris for stimulation. So we don't remove all the the clitoral hood, but we do do a partial clitoral hoodectomy so that it's easier to access the clitoral
0: read. Are you advising these women? They come in and they're like, this is my problem, and then then you take a look and you say, you have too much skin on your clitoris.
1: No. What I do is I take a medical illustration from Stone's book. It's a it's a Volvar book on uh, vaginal diseases. It's a medical illustration. I say, okay, let me explain to you different parts of the of the outside of the female anatomy. And I said, I want you to listen to me. From here to here is the labia minora. From here to here is the clitoral hood, also known as a prepuce. From here to here is the labia majora. And here it's labeled. Now, slowly show me any areas that are bothering you. And they said, well, I only think from here to here. I said, that's perfect. You've shown me exactly the labia minora. Anything else bothering you? No. Okay, now let's go do an exam. When I do the exam, after I do an exam, within five seconds later, we hand her a mirror and a Q-tip, and I say, now, you show me on your body, because you want to be on the same page as your doctor. You can't just walk in and say, I I need the label reduction. Right. How do we know that we're speaking the same language? It's amazing how women become, have become so in tune with their bodies and their female genital system their, and their vaginas, where they're sitting there saying, no, no, doc, I have too much fat here. I'm too loose here. I have this extra skin here. And they're pointing out various areas. And fortunately, on our website, we're, starting, we're actually developing medical illustrations right now, which we hope to have up in a month that can show people exactly each area. That's and, great. And you can actually see the different areas of cosmetic vaginal surgery.
0: I think you're really, really educating our listeners today, and this is so interesting. What other advice do you have for women that are really unhappy? How how do they start? Let's just say they live in some town in Iowa, and they don't know anybody like you. What can they do?
1: I think what's important is that you do your research, and you need to do your research. You're not going to find a lot of stuff at the library or anything like that. You begin, you might see a few articles in Cosmo Magazine, Redbook, etc., Glamour Magazine, But the number one place that all of us go nowadays is the Internet. You go to the Internet. You put in, you know, vaginal rejuvenation, labia surgery, enlarged labia. Put in your key terms, and you start looking, and you start to look for information. Go to multiple websites. Read about the procedures. Read about what's done. Read as much as possible. And then at that point, start evaluating. And I think you need to do the who, what, when, where, and why. Why do I want this surgery done? Is there really a reason for it? People ask me, "What's what's a normal labia look like?" It's a great question. There is no normal. Normal is whatever you believe it should be. What's a normal nose? I don't know. I think Barbara Streisand looks great with her nose. I always tell people, if you take my nose and put it on your face, I'd get a nose job, but it works well <laughs> on me. I got a big head. That's a so good point. <laughs>
0: Although I'm sure you
1: have a nice nose. <laughs> it's a matter of perspective now, isn't it? <laughs> and I tell patients this too. Remember, once these surgeries are done, like labor reduction, you cannot reverse it. So be sure it's what you want to do. There is a segment of our population that gets very angry about labor removal because they tell me, both men and women, that they found it very sexually appealing and very arousing. So you got to make sure that you're not just going down a primrose path where because you think everybody else is doing it. There are plenty of people that find enlarged labia very erotic. So it's a, But it's a personal decision that somebody needs to make. I think you need to know why you're doing the procedure. And I think if you're going to choose, you need to know who you're going to and who your surgeon's going to be. And That's a really
0: good point. And you've given us so much great information today. I could go on and on. So hopefully we're going to have you back for a follow-up show. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much today for talking to us about all this. And you can find us on personallifemedia.com, and we will link you to Dr. Miklos, and you can check out his website and get more uh, referrals from him. Thank you again, Dr. Miklos, for being with us today.
1: You're welcome. And uh, if they want to look up my website, lvratlanta.com. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: You too. Bye-bye.